stir to star wipe than to fade away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually am really pleased that that was the very first thing that today's episode is all about. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons, everybody. Uh, I don't know what this button does something. Hey, my name is Todd. We're going to be playing some Dungeons and Dragons here on SideQuest Live. Thanks for joining us. If you're live, you can catch it on Twitch. You can catch it on YouTube. You can even catch it on Instagram if you feel so inclined. Um, so I think... Oh, that might have died. Ah, technology. Whatever. I got a room full of people over here. Let's go meet them. Hey, room full of people. Uh, hi. Hello. Oh, welcome uh, to level 10. Yeah, you're all level 10 now. That is exciting. I'm excited on your behalf. Um, so I don't know what choices people made. Uh, hopefully they're game breaking. I don't really care. I'm here to tell a fun story with uh, some people here. Is, I mean, is mine's Michael. literally game breaking in that uh, I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Rules is written. I'm not allowed to take the choice I did. And I was like, well, I asked Todd, and he didn't get back to me, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it anyway. Uh, so, uh, uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, so, no, anyway, I'm we're very playing... excited about it, actually. If you want, during your intros, you can mention what you changed. Uh, it is... Si uh, sorry, Strange Acquaintances, and we're in the middle of a quest to try to get through to... Uh, Tazvrel, and we keep getting sidetracked, and we've been stuck on this damn island. And uh, now you just finished a major throwdown with the big bad, uh, showing them themselves a little bit early. Uh, a beholder who everyone else seems to call boss. Uh, it's basically a a throwdown. Ah, Instagram died. Whatever. Screw you, Instagram. We didn't need you yeah. anyway. Uh, sure. Oh, before I forget. Internet, you're welcome to join us. Uh, the, the way you can do that is if you're joining us live, you can use what are called plot points. And if you get an idea for uh, a, a sideline, uh, maybe an NPC or a, a monster to suddenly make their lives more complicated, no instant deaths. But And actually, I think last game we figured out no instant revivals either. Um, so... You know, we'll see how it goes. But if you get ideas, please feel free to share with, with us in chat. Uh, also, uh, in our last Shadowrun game run by Steve over there, uh, we had a call out to the audience to share your favorite character demises. And so uh, that will still be going on. You can do that live or after the fact in, in the comments. Um, and if this is your first time here, please don't be shy. Please click the subscribe or the follow or the whatever the whatever the the button is down there just press it you know and see see our creations for you and for each other really i'm just in this for for the for the math rocks let's not let's not be let's not be coy it's about the math rocks all right let's go around the table meet everybody real quick and then we'll dive in uh let's start over here with gordon nope. gordon Yes. <laughs> you, you <laughs> now, due to technical difficulties, Gordon's lovely face is going to be severely pixelated um, and in picture format. But that's okay. We welcome all all people, creeds, and pixelation. Even the pixelation. I am, I am currently internet disabled at home. Oh, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that that hits right in the right in the field. Now I believe uh, you're playing two characters today, if I don't miss my guess. 
yeah, I am playing Talithar, who uh, um, helped come in and kind of throw down with the big bad. And then uh, I'm also playing Rook, who has escaped yet again. He's a slippery little one, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. And you've just picked up your old pal, Torig, the dwarf, formerly played by uh, by wonderful Carl, who unfortunately couldn't join us. But uh, that's okay. We'll kill his character anyway. Um, let's keep going around the horn. Steve, what are you doing? That's not Steve. Um... There's no, Steve. No. Okay. Hi. Still, <clears throat> still here. Still alive. Still playing Gex Techford. You know him. That's it. <laughs> That's all you get. Wow. <laughs> That's all you get all right. from me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> let's keep going around the horn. Darcy. Hey everyone, I'm Darcy. You can find me at Darcy Bits wherever, except for Twitter. I'm bad. It's also not an Instagram. Since we're talking about Instagram now, apparently, uh, <laughs> I just finished a month-long series of drawing a fantasy fighter character every day for, I guess, 28 days because it was February. <laughs> but oh, I did you it. chose the short uh, month. To, you shortchanged us did. a couple of character monsters. What that is. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, it's interesting because I was doing like cycling between six species and there's two that got one less drawing than everyone else because of 28 days if it was 30 it would have been perfect well anyway oh, that's not there important was no right way now to i'm playing empty wisdom <laughs> uh yeah could possibly have planned ahead that would have been no i don't do that but uh, oh. i'm playing empty wisdom uh empty wisdom is a monk who is seeing the world for kind of the first time even though she hasn't got off the island she started on she's still sort of like bright-eyed and learning about the world and people killing each other that's a thing apparently and also beholders and nightmare the he things uh naga but um yeah in, the, in the wake you, you of our death. i did face death sort of sort of so empty wisdom uh or otherwise known as empty is a monk who was trained to sort of strengthen the spirit and that spirit can basically possess her and make her do things. And she doesn't really remember it when it happens. So that spirit, also known as wisdom, faced death. And she kind of didn't in a weird way. She did as well because she got like kind of knocked out and then like had a weird internal monologue. It was a fun time. Anyway, I'm belaboring the point. The point is, think of the fight, uh, our fallen comrade Ashina like basically just met. Uh, but still, um, she's a druid. She maybe died, maybe didn't. She disappeared, and um, her because her staff of the woodlands was left behind. And we're gonna get to see Empty sort of discover something outside of the monastery for the first time. And as we just saw, sort of fl- flashed up on screen there, uh, it's gonna multiclass into druid. Uh, which I'm really excited to sort of see this character, even though it's going to be a level one druid, despite the fact that we're at level 10 right now, um, really get to put her to dip her toes into a different thing than she's been raised with her entire life. Right, she's never left the monastery, so it's like, wait a minute, there's she's other never classes. Left the exactly, I mean, I mean, you know, not in such, like, meta ways, but yes, right? That's actually what it is. Um, and of course, the Staff of the Woodman is a very powerful item that will allow her to... Um, kind of 
feel like a higher level druid than she is, which is gonna. I, I'm excited to explore it, but let's not belabor the point. Sorry, I kind of went on. Oh, that's uh, cool. Um, all right, let's keep honestly, going. Honestly, I like almost was like, do I just retire empty after that state? And then the idea of the druid was like, ooh, ooh, that's actually a really cool. Wait angle, a minute. So I'm I would like to mark this moment. Darcy is sticking with and modifying a character instead of <laughs> getting a new one. I think I, I considered it. I was like, this is like growth. Lost and isn't like doing anything and isn't like attached to anybody. And it's like, this might be it. This might be the thing. Anyway. Nice. All right. Let's keep going I'm around. Sorry. The That's all we got. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Brandon. Hola. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm playing a half-elf uh, divination wizard named Eli, who uh, just watched his grandma die and is oh. currently holding her lifeless like body that. in his arms. <laughs> uh. Dude. When that that... Put like, the haircut's justified at that point. Just, no longer just, just the phase. I should put a content warning on this. Warning. Den <laughs> dead grandmas. Good morning, Jacob. Yep. So yeah. that would be fun. And that's All where right. he's at. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a pretty intense place to come in. All right, uh, let's go around a little bit more and see Matt. So I'm Matt. I'm playing Balin, the Clan Iron Eater. He's uh, a dwarven wizard, uh, but not your traditional wizard. He uh, focuses on you know crafting and. Uh, and making things for the most part, you know, sort of, uh, you know, comes from uh, the the restored or the attempt to restore, you know, some of the halls of Illifarn, the old uh, dwarven nation. And uh, he's sort of the first generation of dwarves that was born there and is, you know, going back out into the world looking for lost lore, secrets and treasures to bring him back to his uh, people in their homeland. Awesome. And uh, along the way, you've run into um, you've heard of the mage faction the mage tower factions uh you even had a cousin who went went in went off and joined them sure enough uh because around these parts we slay that dragon uh your cousin is none other than torig the dwarf wizard who'd been gone missing for a really long time and then uh, uh partner in crime uh, or in mage tower Okay, it's crime. Let's. I mean, if a mage told you to do it, it's still, it's still illegal. Um, so he ends up uh, going missing for a while, and now he's shown up with a big red jagged crystal embedded in his forehead. Uh, by the way, Empty, you have one of those. Or sorry, Wisdom slash Empty, you have a jagged red crystal in your hand, having pulled it from the literal forehead of a Grim Reaper. I believe... If I recall correctly, yes, uh, Eli um, ha is in possession of it currently. Um, right. I, I extracted it and, again, did not really remember this because that was something that Wisdom did. Um, and uh, I ended up giving it to Eli. That's right. And I think we also saw a similar crystal in the head of that worm that uh, you guys got to spit me up as well, right? That is true. I don't remember it being a crystal, but it was like some kind of like root like appendage or something yeah that one was maybe i'm misremembering yeah it's all good various control mechanisms let's say it's a a root eye stock 
but a wrapped around a core of a crystal. It's there's yeah, gonna be some retconning. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, or it might have been there the whole time and I forgot. Uh-huh. It's all good. Uh, all right, and that brings us round to I believe uh, Timely, and then we'll end off with Bella. All right, Timely, who are you? Um, I am the disappointment of the Bone Braid family. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as we know, dropout from med school, but so far still sticking it with the adventuring crew. So let's see how this new career move shifts out. Uh, now knows? you mentioned maybe one day. You've you mentioned sorry <laughs> yeah. to interrupt. You've mentioned before sending letters to your family. Now do you actually mail those or do you just hold on to them in hopes that they'll like agree with you after the fact? <laughs> I'm just curious. I believe like before we started this latest season that I did mail it out, but I wasn't sure if there was anything if it actually successfully made it. I think it did because my father read it. You playing my the role of my father read it. Like ah, god dang it, gang! <laughs> god damn it! So. Now she's <laughs> no. Well, we'll god see. I mean, the latest package of letters and journals is ready to go. Um, yeah, just ready Definitely. to make mom and dad shed some fresh tears. Not a pride. Not a <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> Uh, that's Hope Springs Eternal. All right, let's bring it back around to Bella. Hey, everybody. Uh, I am playing Isold. Um, what is there really about her? Uh, she's just trying to discover herself. She is on a journey. Nice. And that uh, is what's most important. Absolutely. All right. Love it. Classic hero's journey going on, which is why we stopped. And next up, we'll get started uh, after these credits. Here we go. That was Darcy. Sorry, wrong button. <clears throat> the <What>? night sky <laughs> is filled with stars, a moon shining down, illuminating the mountain pass in which you find yourselves. The ground in between these this mountain pass is littered with many bodies, many bodies. Several of them human or humanoid, fallen half elves, even a couple dwarves. Some of them your companions. Some of them your one time enemies turned last second allies as a horde of a variety of monsters that have no right working together suddenly appeared, teleported into this space by none other than Torig, the dwarven wizard. The reddish spike of crystal glowing on his forehead. He crumples to his knees and battle ensued. There were several creatures. An oni, which only just recently fell 
having faced down with Balin and others. Uh, actually, it, I believe, arrogantly tried to lift off into the air and immediately got hacked to death by, by a vengeful paladin and rogue combo. You had a naga, a snake-like creature of in intense magic, ending up being dispatched. You have several of the mage tower guards who were facing off against you, turning at the persuasive words of Talathar to fight alongside you against these terrifying beasts. Several, but not all, joining your, your side. Then, of course, the most terrifying creature of all, an eight-foot diameter, massive, eye-stalked, floating, eyeball, nightmare-fuel beholder, bedecked, almost bedazzled, in various dangling necklace-style loops, jangling with a kind of pale quartz crystal. And I'm going to retcon something, because it showed up better in the art. Um, uh, bluish crystal is going to be the control crystals. So the reddish crystals, which are... Um, let me just show you on roll 20. Actually, no, we'll let that come out as it comes out. But anyway, uh, bluish crystals is what uh, what it was bedazzled with. And, any, and the Oni also had several of them. You have since dispatched all of them except the the beholder that quickly compelled Torig to open the teleportation circle, and it fled through just in time for your one-time ally, long-missing rogue, to carefully and sneakily come back through the other way. And I don't care what you say, Dungeons & Dragons, rule of ghoul, we wanted to reunite the party. Rules. Rules from rules. It was fun. So, here we are. In the night. The two uh, elementals, flame elementals, now uncontrolled, spinning and turning, just smashing a few more of the corpses and skeletons that seems to be dotting the area that also appeared amongst these ragtag monsters. After their fury is spent, the flames... Flickering off into the night. So, strange acquaintances, what do you want to do? Empty is just, I mean, I guess if we're picking up right where we left off, she is sitting in, I guess, like a, like a fairy ring, right? Like this ring of mushrooms where Ashina's body disappeared into and just kind of like holding the staff of the woodlands in her hands, but then, like, her knees up onto her chest, so she's, like, around. Does that make sense? You know, like, hugging her knees, but it's with the staff. It makes sense in my head. And she's just kind of, like, there and kind of rocking and not really sure what's happening and kind of waiting for someone else to take charge, I guess. The rest of you have been looting and finding things. Well, that all happened. Uh, Talithar is going to heal himself and turn to um, the remaining companions and also took Torek. He's basically going to try to make sure that Torek is not able to hurt anyone anymore. And he's going to call out, you know, if anyone 
is able to help dispel the control gem in his forehead. Yeah, I, I would also be looking out for Torig as, uh, as a fellow clansman. Uh, I'd yeah, be, be looking to uh, subdue him so he can't do any more damage and yeah, help it with the dispelling of the crystal. I forgot to mention, but you have bound his hands and I believe gagged him. Yeah, I think I said that last session. That makes sense. <clears throat> I think Isold would be coming down. Oh, is this working? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We can Sorry. Hear. It's okay. <laughs> For a minute, I thought I saw somebody talking, and I'm like, I don't hear them. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, Isold would probably kind of come down, meet everybody, and just... Um, I think where I ended last time is I was with um, Eli, Elias, and sitting, comforting him while he holds his grandmother. And yeah, Eli's just weeping over the body right now. Um, and does Talithar like uh, speak out about the Tauric? Gem? <clears throat> yeah, I'm just calling out different house. Just uh... okay. So he like finally like wipes the tears from his eyes and kind of looks up and is just like, if we if we get a rest, I can help out. I'm kind of tapped out right now, but is it urgent or do we need? Can this wait till tomorrow morning? It could wait. We just need to secure Torig. Does anyone... And I'm kind of looking around and surveying everything, and I notice Eli's fallen grandmother. Um, and I kind of stare at her a moment. <clears throat> uh, I'm also tapped out. Or perhaps I could assist. Um, unless someone is able to... to stabilize that state and I kind of point to her I won't be able to help in time I have a potion of healing I don't know if that would be useful um Gex I'm gonna get you to do a medicine check as you look at uh, the fallen grandmother I think we just hear empty muttering like she's dead death took her she's she's dead she's dead Gex with a five. I don't know that, uh, I mean, you've seen people suffer worse. There's no visible wounds. Um, she, she looks like you could, you could probably do something. Uh, yeah. So I'll try giving her the, giving her the potion. You pour the, um, kind of vis slightly viscous, uh, pink liquid uh, from the vial pouring some on her lips put, putting a little bit around her uh, any anywhere where you think there might be a wound a little bit on her forehead uh, kind of holding her hands a little bit trying to just bring her back her hands are cooling quickly but the warmth is is still there and and yet the healing potion doesn't seem to have any effect 
Hmm. I'm going to call out to Timely. I I don't know how much you've spent in your divine power. Are you? Do you have knowledge of revivify? Do you? Or do you have that knowledge? And are you able to cast it? I think you um, might be muted oh. there, Timely. Can't hear you. Do you have individual control on your like headset or which I mentioned what type of mic you have now that I think about it? Timely looks a little tapped out. <laughs> Sorry, not Timely. <laughs> Hilda. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. Have you tried turning it off and turning it on again? Love that. Joke. I mean, it often works. It really, no, really sorry. does. Mm. I don't think I'm what in. that is. Yeah. Try resetting voice well, settings Discord. Yeah, check if it like swapped your mic or something. It's weird. Like we could hear you before the show started. I don't know what changed. That's bizarre. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Oh, there, you there, there you go. There you go. Get back. Okay. Uh, so, Emily, do you have level three spell revivify? I do not. All I can do right now is hopefully lay my hands upon her. Do some chest compressions. Okay. I mean, go ahead okay. and do a medicine check, Hilda. It's bringing back bad memories. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say with 19? advantage because you actually have that. Oh, didn't need it. Nineteen. <laughs> There's no visible wounds, other than a little bit of roughing up, but that was hours old. Um, she doesn't look like she should be dead but there is no pulse there is no movement she, hmm. the grandmother has passed and shy of resurrection magics or um, revivify or any of those things it doesn't look like she's going to be coming back Eli's going to stand up with his grandma in his arms and kind of look at everyone no, one more wipe, and I appreciate the effort, but she knew what was going to happen, and I, I don't think she'd be very happy if we revived her. Anyways, um, we should probably just head back once we have Torek secure. Do you have? As Torek is trying to speak through his gag. <laughs> uh, Hilda, mm-hmm. do you at least have an ability to um, just kind of stop the decomposition process? Oh, let me see here. Until we can, you know, carry her as a player, her. you probably don't. Um, well, it's spare the dying. It's cantrip. Spare the dying. Right. Spare the dying or gentle repose. Or gentle repose, yeah. Yeah, it could be repose, but yeah, paladins don't get cantrips is the thing. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The best I think I could do, but it probably doesn't work in this aspect based on what the spell covers. But in my head, I was like, sanctuary. Maybe I can like free time <laughs> in this bubble, <laughs> <laughs> keep her from decomposing. But it wouldn't be able to move with us. Just... Oh yeah, and I. <laughs> Eli's yeah. just gonna start walking at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Isolde's gonna Should walk we... up to kind of Gex and just sort of pull him to her, like quietly, and be like, um, "Are we going back to like town, town now? now? Like, or is it safe, or should we, you know, maybe?" Find a safe place out here to rest, and then go to the ship. That is a good question. I think maybe, I think maybe we all better gather around for a minute and talk it through. Well, I'll just kind of say that a little bit louder. Actually, like, let's all gather around, and decide what to do next. With Torig secure. Uh, Balin would want to go talk to uh, uh, Elias, and he'd just say, "Like, I'm, I'm really sorry about your grandmother. I, I feel almost a little, somewhat responsible because I had the ability to counterspell that, and just in the midst of combat, I didn't realize what was going on. And uh, I, I'm just sorry I wasn't paying more attention. I, I hate to see this happen. And uh, if, if." If you'd like, I can create. It's okay. A it's fine. Or something for her, if that's something you'd like. Let's figure out what we're doing first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you need anything, just let me know. Rook is just kind of sca- continuing to scavenge some of the bodies, just armor and whatnot, and then regroup with the others. He's but he's quiet. He's not saying anything. Yeah, I think now that it's calm, Dex will come over. Dex, Dex will come over and talk to him. I've missed you. I'm glad you guys are alive. Same. Glad you're alive. Uh, Went to the the one that replaced me. Uh. Cut him in half. Yep. Okay. Took a little bit longer than I had hoped. Uh, it was kind of annoying having him around. He looked like you, sounded like you. Gex. Didn't talk like Gex. you, didn't act like you. Gex, but... can I get you to do an insight check, please? <laughs> you can't help but wonder. Ooh, that's a nat 20. You're looking at your friend's face. You've known Gex a long time. Way back, even back to the old guild days. The tiny little scar on his cheek. Just that strange haunted look in his eye. Every once in a while, his eyes would kind of flick past you as though hearing or looking somewhere else. That's something that Voslo 
didn't tend to do. He looked distracted in other ways. But that, amongst all the things, is probably the most convincing. That this is your friend Rook. <clears throat> the brothers are also dead. They're taken care of. Well, that's good. I'm sort of half disappointed. I was looking forward to robbing them, but I suppose them being dead will have to do. Perhaps fortunate for you, because that's when we ran into, and I just point to the dead monsters and their master. So that's interesting. That's how you got here. Yes, they they took up. Sorry, go ahead. They... We ended up encountering it in its lair, and it's much more powerful there. And after the fight with the brothers, we had lost. Well... Sounds like we've both been through a lot. I have half a mind to just pick a direction and start walking, and I'm... the other half is, you know, we came, we came to do something. Let's do it. Don't know how you feel. I feel like I want to go back and finish that thing and get some revenge. Well, sometimes one finds one's purpose in someone else's purpose. I'm with you. Hmm. Okay. All right, let's find, we can talk more later. Let's regroup with the others. And like Rook is a bit uncomfortable to talk more in the open mm. beyond what you just said, so he's just shrugging and <clears throat> nodding. He 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 signs to Gex like we'll, we'll talk more later, uh, but not now. During that conversation, I'm not sure if Empty would approach Hilda or Isold. Probably whoever's closer. Uh, in this case, Hilda. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's all okay. Um, but um, I think she just kind of like sidles over as that conversation's going on and leans in to again whoever is closest and is like, Who's that that Gex is talking to? They weren't here before, right? Uh, so that's either Hilda or yeah, go ahead. That that is an old friend of ours that we thought. We wouldn't see for a while now. There was a whole doppelganger situation, but we killed the doppelganger, and now, you know, there's a portal, and we got him back. Oh. (laughs) You might need some time to digest it. We can go over the longer details on our walk back to village. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's do that. Talthar is going to kind of help corral everyone, but, um, you know, on the next choice. But he says, before we leave, we need to do funeral rites. And he kind of gives an aside, like a, a look to Hilda. Though they may have been hunt, though they may have been odds at us at the end, they fought beside us, and it kind of point to members of the mage tower who fell and fought alongside us. We we perform funeral rites before we go. Uh, yeah. Sheena's gone too. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't see a body, but she's she's gone. And I'm holding the staff and looking down at it. I didn't know her very well. Did anyone see where she went? Hmm. I missed all the fighting and beholder going up. No, I haven't noticed quite where she went. And neither her little dragon hatchling is gone, too. I believe I caught a bit of that out of the corner of my eye. I believe... Uh... The little dragon pet, uh, I forget what uh, she named it, but uh, seemed to wrap her in vines and leaves and, and the body disappeared. Um, I'm going to ask Balin and Elias and anyone trained in Arcana. You have to be trained, though. Um, go ahead and roll. Or I guess Rook. I think Rook's trained in Arcana sometimes. He is trained, but he didn't arrive there until after she fell. No, this is... I'm going to say you still get a roll because you're looking okay. at this particular ring of stones. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, was it a ring of stones? I thought it was a ring of mushrooms. A little ring of stones. Well, there's mushrooms popping up as well at this point. I like it. Okay. We're yeah, because I, I had noticed that as, as empty. And I mean, I don't directly know like, ah, oh, she died here, disappeared. But like... There's, like, a actually, connection there. And I think we do actually see Empty, like, sort of bend down and, like, find the largest of the mushrooms and just sort of, like, pick it up and just kind of, like, take it with her. Absolutely. <laughs> What'd you guys roll? I got a one. 18. 23. So, <laughs> so over, uh, over... Anything over 17... The arrangement of this circle, Balin's description of the vines, the fey dragon, and there's a residual energy just quietly radiating from this spot that if those who are attuned to uh, the arcane arts, you can sense that a powerful magic has happened here. And it is uh, for the anyone over, yeah, definitely. Um, Elias gets this, and Rook. You can tell there was a a plane shift spell cast in this spot. There's the the veil between the planes has been punctured in this spot, and it's not the same as the teleportation in and out. 
Those use scrolls uh, or a teleportation circle. Scroll to get here. Teleportation circle to leave. But this is a different and more powerful magic. I think off the back of that, I, I like the idea of seeing these, like, you know, wizardly folk and rook, uh, no offense, uh, looking at this this circle and sort of, you know, just like, like looking at it with interest, right? I don't know how much else I'd pick up on it. So then because of that, we see Empty sort of walk back to it, remembering that that's where she found the staff and, like, put a hand down in the middle of it and grip the staff and I want to like cast detect magic as like the first druid spell she's casting sort of just like feeling that magic there uh, innately almost like not something she's like it's not trained right she's not a trained druid right she is learning it in the moment right here right now right? it comes to you swiftly almost eagerly I don't know if empties had this experience but it's like standing on a snow-covered pond. Okay. But in this one spot, as you reach down towards this circle, it's as though the ice had been recently broken and pressed through. And the surface right. is only just refrozen. And you put your hand there, and you can feel it just a little bit underneath your fingertips as though it wouldn't take much for the ice to punch through to wherever it is beyond right. we see empty sort of like gasp and her eyes go wide but like that's like all we're seeing from that like just i just want a moment of her like doing druid stuff <laughs> and i think we Welcome. do see her scoop up one of these mushrooms like yeah. uh like like, oh, this is inherently connected to Ashina. Like, she barely ever talked to Ashina. Doesn't know her. She was healed by her a few times. Um, but I think she is, like, having this weird, like, I am now in strict... It, it, you know what I mean? Uh, like, bonded to her in, like, a weird, like, mentor way, even though it's a completely nonverbal mentorship. Uh, and she, she scoops up one of these mushrooms to, like, remember her. Go ahead and do an Arcana check. I know you're not trained. But... Oh. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's a flat to roll. It's nothing too terrible. Nothing too good. Eight, uh, eight total. Yeah. So that's pretty bad, actually. You but know... The roll itself wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know that Ashina is gone from this place. And that's about all you can tell. Yeah. But I'm going to take one of those mushrooms. A big plump one. If I think any. that's maybe a they're good all very time. tiny little like dribbles. Anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think that's a good time for. I I don't know. There's something about seeing somebody bending down, scooping a mushroom, that reminds me of someone. And so this is as good a time as any. Gex. As everyone else is talking, it's like somebody just turns the volume down on them, and. You in your mind hear a voice you haven't heard in a while. You can hear the lapping of waves and a large cavernous breathing inhale for one second. And then a rather clipped 
voice, very familiar, comes through. Is, is this... Gex? Is that you, man? Dave. I missed you. Gex. Where'd you go? If you can hear this. I went after the bullship. They were leaving. Right. We found... It's worse than we thought. It's like real bad. A massive... And then the voice cuts out. I'm going to assume that's 25 words. And I'm also going to assume that Dave Tillman is not terrifically familiar with the casting of Sending. You can reply, though, if you want. Where are you? There's a long pause. And then another, his voice comes back. We're about four days out to sea, man. Um, there's something out here. We thought we were hunting it, but it's hunting us. Massive. Huge creature. Lots. Something woke up. I don't think it's safe to travel by... Are you being attacked by a beholder? There, there's no response. I'll try to ask him, which, which direction did you sail when you left port? No response. You've trained in Arcana. Uh, or not Arcana, but you've picked up some spells along yeah. the way as a, a arcane trickster. You can tell that the connection that was there being sustained magically has now disconnected. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, okay. Well, go back to the group and actually back to rook <laughs> i just said i was going to follow him so you guys are bearing bodies all that stuff you're still yeah. work, working and talking yeah yeah like uh, gex i was going to say gex would collect some wood and he can just light it with a cantrip um when needed but he'll be you know just go to rook uh tillman just connected uh sent me a message with a spell uh, saying it's dangerous to travel by sea. He was out at sea following the bullship. Whose captain betrayed us, by the way. And uh, he said it's too dangerous. There's monsters of some kind out there. It was not very clear. Typical Roman speech, I suppose. But Maybe there's another way. Uh... So I, I was wondering where he was because I didn't see him with you. Uh, I, so Rook is just going to take a look around and he's actually going to look at Porik. And he's going to walk up 
and <clears throat> he, he'll he can tell that um, Talithar is friends with Torek. And he'll walk up to both of them and he'll kind of motion to Talithar and, and say your, your friend he was a captive like me he teleported the beholder here and I think with this magic teleported the beholder back and through that means I arrived here he may have a scroll or he may have the capability to teleport us home if we can free him. And then Talithar will kind of like look at him and nod and just say, you know, do, do what you need to do. Like his eyes will kind of quirk up if, if there's that ability to do that to get everyone home. So Rook is going to check. If there's a scroll, yeah, he's not going to even talk. He's not even going to talk to Torek. He's just going to check to see if Torek has because he might. He, yeah, he's going to search for a scroll. Go ahead and do an investigation check. Uh, and Torek is not resisting. If anything, yeah. he's kind of motioning towards a side pack that he had. Yeah, so he's he's gonna carefully um, take a look at, at the documents and roll an 18. Nice. So you definitely find his spell book, first of all. Um, and it's it's elaborate. It's got lots of spells in it. Um, he finds several other things on him. Um, obviously, uh, components, pouch, uh, several different... Uh, potions on his belt uh you do find a scroll case but the scroll case is now empty it, it appears that whatever scroll he used to get here using a teleport scroll um he he doesn't have that uh with him anymore and that scroll burned up so for those who know about mages you use scrolls if you need to but usually you you transcribe them like balin is busy doing writing down the fireball while everyone else buries bodies um, I imagine. I'd want to help bury the bodies. I'm kind of really good at digging holes, so... Oh, yeah. You're going to be their best yeah. friend. Moldearth. Moldearth. Yeah. Moldearth. It actually um, goes surprisingly quickly with Balin's help. Yeah. Does the book have the teleport... Like, teleportation circle? Um, be able to I'm going to say roll an arcana check, and in your head, Rook, you hear your friend Cat be like, Careful, buddy. If you uh, read the wrong part of a mage's scroll or spellbook, it can drive you mad. 17. 17? All right. You are careful not to get lost in the runic nature, and it's it's dwarven runes for the most part. Um, slightly different than what you're used to, but still, you can decipher it. Um, but you stick to the headings only and basically get, you know, which spells are in there, which I do have a list if you want. Um, he does not... You get to the end, because you know it would be pretty far in the book. It's pretty high-level magics, as far as you you, you understand. Um, while there does appear to be a, a spell involving teleportation, you can see that there's several... Um, so this one is teleportation circle, not teleport teleport would itself would actually be too high 
uh, too powerful a uh, spell for this dwar dwarven wizard to know. Okay, but teleportation circle will do. It is in there. Okay, Rook will relay that to you the others. You also find um, tucked in at the back several kind of loose pages, almost like they were tucked into the it, uh, really well tucked into the spellbook so that they would almost blend with the pages. But they are loose leaf, and um, you kind of catch a glimpse of one of them. And it it says on one side, Torig, for my old friend. And it's a folded piece of paper, like that. It kind of falls out of the spell book as you're rifling through it. You notice it and pick it up. I'll hand it to uh, Talithar. All right. Talithar and anybody else um, noticing that. Um, you see this. It's on roll 20. Go ahead and take a look. Okay. I can't see it, but you can just... Oh, right. It seems to be etchings from study of a... It basically, it, the top title says Rune Stone. Oh, yeah, this is also good. I have to describe it because it's on, you know, a podcast. Um, so the title of it seems to be uh, the Dwarven Rune of Studies. But then beneath that is the title Rune Stone. Variations. Corruption Shard. Red. And there's this drawing of a red shard that is very familiar to all of you now. When embedded... Into the forehead of a willing or incapacitated spellcaster, Contr they can be controlled by a creature attuned to the control crystal to which the shard is ritualistically bound. See control crystal. Beneath that is a drawing of a clear, and on this, on this, it's um, I showed it as uh, red streaks, but it's actually blue. My bad. Um, so blue veined. Control crystal. Control crystal. When a creature is attuned to a control crystal, they control the corruption shards and the creatures in which the corruption shards are embedded that are bound to this crystal. Um, then beneath that is... And looking over the shoulder, anybody you share this with? Do you, do you, um, or do you just want to kind of keep it to yourself for now? I, I think Talithar would would probably share it, like with the others, considering what they all went through. That, like, when it comes to the like the the knowledge of the control crystal and uh, the controller, like these are notes, right? Yeah, absolutely. So he's not going to pass it around, but he's going to say what it's about. Right? Like, you know, Torg has been studying. The contr these control crystals and the controller uh, crystals as well. So you see the last one, and anyone who is the original group immediately recognize the drawing of a golden-colored crystal. The golden star. Ancient mages sealed the ruin stone away, contained by this crystal. Might be able to dull the effects of the corruption shards. 
and the the notes look unfinished. They do look like they they were interrupted. Broko will look point like doesn't that look familiar? On the back of this page is a rough sketch. As you begin to show it to everybody else, the picture is Torg's hands. You can tell that he's drawn this, um, but they're shaky. It, this this is actually in much drawn by someone who's in much worse shape. Um, it's a picture that kind of shows a, a hallway leading into a larger chamber. Within that, there are mounds of some of it. Um, worked stone and block and even a fairly ornate archway that doesn't seem to belong in a in a collapsed ruin like this not quite there's also rough stone and earth fallen in as though been there for a long time within that exposed bared uh is a section of where the hill has fallen away or been dug away and as you see this sketch, Rook, you recognize this immediately. Um, Rook, remind me of one thing before I accidentally have to retcon something. When you were delving, was it your friends that pulled out something that destroyed the undertow or was it you um it, it was actually me who pulled it out and brought it up and so then uh, very familiar okay it's like a massive gold colored egg half buried in a hill or in the stonework part of it exposed and chipped away shards of various color crystal broken off some of them multicolored some of them single colored gold red streaked blue within that of course the gold was very interesting some of you, the people you delved with that's kind of what they were after it was a main prize for uh, a many in the undertow. You happened to grab a piece of crystal that was streaked blue, but it was also attached to another color, a deep midnight gray, almost fading into darker and darker blacks with streaks of, uh, like streaks of black veins heading further in, but broken off, so it didn't get very far. So it's mostly that midnight gray. And it appears that Torg has stood in that spot where you uh, had that unfortunate encounter so long ago.
I'll just actually hunt. Rook will actually hand sign to Gex a bit just to say that spot, that's where I found the artifact. That that artifact that was taken and destroyed the undertow. I'll sign back. I, th I thought it looked familiar. But I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I guess that's because you described it to me before, but... The other star... I wondered, just wondered if it looked like the prize from the gauntlet, that's all. It did. looked exactly like that. But this... Like, you would know that, but you wouldn't know about this. This is the artifact. So... So the artifact that you found is the one that could undo this potentially set people free is that what we're thinking that that means i don't i don't know maybe so when i look at uh Torek's notes that that's what it's saying like that, that can that can undo all the the control um the golden star the the gold colored crystal the outer layer seems to <laughs> mute have a muting effect on some of the rest of the the deeper layers within. It's all part of one massive crystal, and these are pieces and layers that are chiseled off. We're gonna need to help the wizard, and then can learn more. What Rickle sign? Yeah, I agree. Talthar about now will be like, all right, we need to make a choice where we're going to rest up for the night, guys. Because we're done burying. You're probably about 40, 40 minutes to an hour away from um, the, uh, the Smuggler's Cove. Uh, you're probably maybe a day across to the island where you um, to back towards um, uh, Bernard, the the town on the other side. Or the, there's the dock with with Lesrin in them. Yeah, less that's a that's part of the uh, Smuggler's Cove. Mm -hmm. Maybe about okay. five minutes further up. At this point, I'll kind of look at Gex and be like, when they say that, I'll be like, I can certainly try to find a suitable spot that's safe and good for us to take a rest for the evening, if you feel that's better than going back to the Smuggler's Cove. I think, I think that's probably right. I think we should... We should rest, and we should do so as well hidden as possible. I can definitely put, can definitely summon a companion and have it stay on watch. Okay, and at that, I will start kind of scoping out a good area for us to take a rest. 
something sure that's got decent go, cover. Go ahead and roll you know. a survival check for me. I will do that. At least I think I will. Come on, D&D Beyond. Don't fail me now. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> it's been failing me all week, so did it work? <laughs> it did. An 18. It did. 18. 18. All right. So there's a couple of options. Um, definitely in the next valley over, there's kind of a, uh, there's a small creek going through. Uh, you can find a, a little bit off the main path. You can actually find this little flat area um, uh, that kind of juts out into the river. So you can kind of see that it's not surrounded by all the trees. So there's a good, a bit of clearing around it, allowing you to see a distance um, you know, you would be yeah. able to be seen, but you'd be able to see anything approaching. Um, you could also choose to kind of tuck in next to one of the, there's like a ridge that runs across. So you could also tuck in next to that. And when you're checking that out, uh, kind of stepping away as, uh, uh, you do notice there is a small cave there that if you wanted to, you could try to duck inside that. All right. Uh, I will give all of those options kind of to Gex, and I'll sort of be looking at Rook as well, cautiously, because, you know, he looks like this dude that I used to travel with. I've heard a lot about him, but then I was right, you've never met the Rook. real Rook. Yeah, and... That's I was kind of sensing this weirdness between him and Gex right now, so I'm like, I'm not too sure about this dude. <laughs> so there's a little hesitation there. Yeah. Do I notice her being weird? <laughs> Feeling weird? Um, <laughs> let's maybe do an insight check. We'll see how tuned in you are right now. Do yeah. I get to oppose it? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, yeah. Deception. Sure. Do no. it. I'm as cool as a cucumber, baby. Yeah. Twelve for me. Fifteen for me. Roll for awkward jealousy. Chill. Check. That's what that is. Like, <laughs> why are they so damn close? But you keep yeah. it together. You just like you keep it cool. This is good. This is what they talked to me He's about. He's still your captain. <laughs> It was, it was more like, do, should, does Gex remember? Oh, yeah, by the way, this is the real Rook, and introduce him around. You <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> I mean, you have introduced him around, but you don't specifically okay. single him out to Isold. And I'm sorry, but she keeps it together. You have no idea. She's just she's just cool as a cucumber. All right. Yeah, Get, all congratulations, yeah. Isold. You just passed high school. <laughs> <laughs> She's very sad right now. <sighs> Don't let it show. Don't, Don't let, let it show. show. <laughs> Does anybody have a really high passive insight? I'm just curious. My passive insight's 19. I really think I do pick up on that. <laughs> yes, you absolutely <laughs> do. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks like, as soon as you started saying it, like, like Bella, I was just like, oh, I wonder. Rook, <laughs> you're looking of, at like, all these people. Suddenly be concerned for no good reason. She's like, I don't know what's happening, but she's sad. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, Rook has 21 passive insight. Yeah, oh, Rook nice. picks up on that 100%. Um, 
and uh, very quickly like empties, ready to to kind of kind of give Isold a little extra support there. Something's bugging her, but she's keeping it together with when Gex is around. Rook, as soon as Gex introduces you, you just see and over Isold's shoulder you see um, Angel the bar just leaning on her, being like. Freshman, man. Freshman. Easy does it. I'll let you interpret that however you want, Angel, to, to do. Um, so, there's one other thing that I want. Uh, what's your passive perception? Um, Isold. Just Isold. Unless someone else went with you. Oh, what do you mean by went? Uh, uh, to go scout out for, um, for uh, you know. Oh, I see. Like, this whole thing stuff. happened before you went to scout. That makes sense. No, no, yeah, this yeah, is kind of happening after, no, after, as she came back. Oh. But as she oh, okay. comes after. back, I'm wondering if she's picked anything up. So what's your passive perception? Okay. That makes sense. Fif- 15. 15, okay. Yeah. I just yeah, need, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. it's upstairs. I'll have to check in on break. I'll just, uh. I'll just roll again. Let's see. All right. You come back. People have been busy. Balin's been making graves. People have been filling them with uh, all kinds. You've been moving all the the humanoids, the people who fought with you. Um, Out of curiosity, what is the rest of what are the rest of you doing with the monster bodies? The uh, the Naga, the Oni. I don't know if you can, count Hudrick in that uh, as a monster body. Some of the skeletons. Can, can, can Rook actually spend a plot, maybe plot token retcon something, like back when um, the Naga or the Oni died? Yeah. He would use, spend a reaction to get a charm. To get a charm? Like, uh, uh, almost oh, like a... It's, 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 a, it's a... Token. Ah, okay. Um... It's your rogue feature. No, right? it's okay. Just yeah, no, I was gonna say because you were kind of quiet and just stealthy at that point. I think it makes sense <laughs> that you might scoop in and like I can use this against them. You didn't even have a weapon at that point, but you were like the nag is down. So I'm gonna say you you yanked out some scales from the fallen naga. And no, he I doesn't need to. He just so what he would just reaction and a coin would appear in his hand with the likeness and face of the naga nice and i'm gonna say that token. one of your ghostly friends like flicks it so you just it's yeah. not there and you just catch it and then it is there like a little like magic it. trick yeah. yeah it's almost like pressed digitation but with the naga's face on the coin uh and then uh same with the oni i'm not sure what that does exactly so remind me or I'll tell uh, me later. Token. Okay, it's up to you. You can choose. It's a level nine ability. Ability I can, uh, while I hold at least one, I have advantage on con saves. I can use it to help with whales of the grave. I can oh. also uh, expend one to speak to the uh, um, the the remnants of the soul that was. Like I can destroy the soul trinket, and no matter what, and I can uh, speak to the spirit associated with trinket and ask it one question i'm gonna say 
Um, in a, in a moment, tell me when you check your your. So you got it, and then you got busy trying to rearm and all this stuff. So let me know when you look at the coin again. Um, but in the meantime, Isold, how did you do? You got a fifteen on, on your on your um when you came back with your it was your passive perception was a 15 yeah okay that is enough and everyone else okay. has been really busy and it's been really slow and subtle so that's why they didn't notice but when you first left the body of the oni was about eight feet away from the fire, crumpled, stabbed through multiple times. Um, just just wrecked by the paladins both and the rogue. Just stabbed and stabbed and stabbed. Massive pool of disgusting blood. Uh, this huge, rather large, crumpled like it's a giant body, size of an ogre, um, crumpled on the ground amongst the, the robes that it tattered robes, even more tattered and bloodstained. When you come back, you notice that it's facing the other way. It's head away from the fire, and it's probably now about ten feet away. I'm gonna look at the people who are kind of doing the, like, um, uh, uh, Balin, um, I think who else was helping with the aerial stuff other than Balian? I think everybody. Everybody? Kind of a, okay. That's how I interpreted it. I don't Even, think that, and I think probably anyone except for Empty. Unless people were like, hey, Empty, you gotta work. I think she's just kind of sitting there with the staff right. in one hand and this, like, mushroom thing that she's picked up and just kind of looking at it. Um, and there is sort of an element of just, like, not, I don't want to use a word of tuning because it's such a, like, gameplay term, but she's, like, she's, like, learning from this living staff, right? Like, it's a it's literally a tree that mm -hmm. has been transformed into a staff. It's, like, alive. Um, and she's, like, just holding these two, like, living objects in both hands and just, like, thinking about the world in a way she hasn't before. But sure. so she's a little distracted unless someone's like, hey, empty, wake up. You gotta go. You gotta, you gotta dig bodies. No, I don't. Um, I don't think anybody has. Uh, Elias, are you helping with the bodies? Or are you staying put? Yeah. Also, speaking once... of bodies, are you? What are you going to do with your grandmother? So yeah, once he realizes that they're not going back to the smuggler's coat for the night, he would approach Balon and be like, "I apologize for being short, but I think a cough would be best." I appreciate your offer. There's no apology necessary. It's uh, I, I can only imagine what what uh, what you're going through right now. And uh, yeah, it would be a pleasure if uh, find a tree or a rock that uh, that suits you, and I can I can make something nice for you. Um, it, he would pay like he would just point to the first tree and then just grab a shovel to start helping everyone else out. Okay. Absolutely. It's right about now that Izzled has come back and mentions the possible campsites a little bit away, and then also points at the crumpled well, form of the Oni. Actually, before it pointing do. it out, mm -hmm. yeah, 
it coincides with something I was going to do anyway, so perfect. Um, as I kind of come back and I kind of glance over at Gex and Brooke, uh, I'll just kind of be, you know, you know how that how you walk and you just kind of shuffle your feet. You don't quite pick them up. You're just kind of like pouting. She's doing that and she's just kind of kicking at the ground, kicking at the dirt. And she kind of walks over to, um, uh, what's his name? The, uh, uh, who are we fighting this whole time? Uh, huh? You're thinking of Hoodrick? Hoodrick, yeah. Are you talking about, yeah, okay. Hoodrick. Yeah, she's going to walk over to Hoodrick. And see his body kind of on the ground and just be like, and just hoof it. She's going to give him a big old frigging kick in the head. You can, just to make you sure. You hear bone kind of give way underneath your boot. Um, and then I'll kind of look back again over at Gex and walk, you know, body to body, just kind of <clears throat> kicking him. And then I'll walk to the uni. Or the Yoni, and give it a good old huff. What's Does your anything strength? happen? Uh, uh, <laughs> Ten. Don't break okay. your foot. Don't so you do- break your foot. You pull back and you go to kick as hard as you can into this, and your toe is already a little sore from kicking all these uh, things. You go over and kick the oni, uh, and you you're like not doing much damage. It's like it's technically it's one HP. That's it. Um, so you you manage to kick Hudrick pretty good for you. Um, didn't do much damage. You walk over to this oni and you're just reel back and go to kick it and. <laughs> Your foot passes right through this thing, and you go up and like it's the classic peanuts pulled the football away. You just and just totally almost like knock yourself over. Um, you stop yourself, and then you look at this thing, and there's this kind of as though you just kicked a, a steam, a, a jet of steam. This cloud it keeps swirling up. Uh, Gex? Um, and her anger and animosity toward him is gone. (laughs) And now she's getting pricks. You all turn and look, and this mist slowly is rising up just behind Izzled from your perception, uh, from where you're standing. And the it's got this shimmering, shifting shape to it. Um, but it is clearly the same kind of dark bluish skin tone and um, tattered cloak but now in the shape of a mist a gaseous mist of this oni rising up and then retreating back into the night uh hold on one sec we'll just let's just do some rollies I'm just gonna get you to roll a d20 for me or like here, base you, can pick. you can pick red or blue. Uh, uh, 
I will go with the color of my hair. Blue. All right. So blue wins. You're great. I got an 18, by the way, on the 20. I don't know if you still wanted me to do that. Oh, no, that's okay. That was that was something else. Um, so I don't know if you can see on my uh, my thing, but the the red one came up as a three and the blue came up as a nat 20. So <laughs> this Oni, the, the gaseous claws reach out towards you and you hear this voice, this deep resonant bass, but as though removed slightly, just echoing like you could almost feel its hot breath on your neck and it's leaning down, like towering over you and it says, another time. Stop. And it retreats away from you. The mist Fuck. just passing the clawed hand, just passing harmlessly through your neck. And it retreats back into the dark and into the forest and just into the ground where it just joins this other natural mist that's beginning to rise as the nighttime comes on. The Oni body. What's going on? Oh yeah, everybody heard his old crying. Yeah, or not crying, Could but I like calling out. Telekinesis on it to see if I can like hold it in place. Uh, I'm gonna get you to roll initiative. Um, this will be just an initiative off to see who gets to go first. <clears throat> it's gonna have advantage because it did get the chance to like it got the surprise basically. But I'm gonna give you a shot. I got a five. A five? I mean, sometimes I roll garbage. Uh, nineteen. <laughs> yeah. 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 So unfortunately, by the time like you're literally busy packing dirt over a body and you turn around like 50 feet away is old like what and you can barely even see what's going on even with your dwarven eyes unfortunately anybody else want to do something say anything yeah i, guess I don't know yeah. didn't really see it heard, heard a scream that was it is the body gone the Oni is gone. It did not appear to have died. And it lay there until it saw an opening. Mm. And then it went <laughs> gaseous with its gaseous form spell and missed it away. Um, is there still his blood on the floor? There is, yeah. Quite a lot of it. Okay. Yeah. Eli's gonna go ahead and scrape some of that up into a vial. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're looking around. A lot of the bodies that were the one-time allies are now buried. Uh, is there anything else anybody wants to do as you're kind of all reconvening back before you head off towards one of these campsites? So, Balin would be fabricating a couple things. I'd use fabricate to make the uh, the coffin for Eli's uh, grandmother. And I'd also like to use fabricate to kind of like maybe make like a rune stone or something to put at the center. So that kind of like a memorial of the battle, you know, uh, a tribute to, you know, the Mage Tower soldiers who, you know, changed sides kind of thing, just kind of honoring uh, what they did. You know, they made the right choice in the end. And... Nice. Uh, 
I'd also like to talk to Rook about that book, because I know Clan Iron Eater, one of the things we're known for is uh, we, we usually scribe a lot of our spells as tattoos on our body. And I could show the people that, like, you know, take off my gauntlet, you know, my spell book's written on my skin, you know, it's how I'm recording my fireball. And so to see that, I kind of, like, shake my head and be like, uh, you know, Torig, you know, you've fallen to the... the the twisted ways of the mage order, you know, it's, uh, this is, you know, this isn't the way our people do things. He says, yeah, I'm sorry, Torig, I'd love to talk to you right now, but we gotta get that stone out of your head first. I, I don't think I can ungag you, I'm sorry. All right. Is there anything else anybody wants to do before you leave this valley? I guess so. Um, I was thinking maybe I'd do it later, but I did describe myself sort of looking down and focusing on a thing. As everyone sort of finishes up with what they are working on, uh, you know, bodies being buried, uh, the the mess with the Oni disappearing, um, anything else that needs to sort of come together, um, we hear a voice that has not previously been heard, uh, a sort of surprised and high-pitched, very, um, not like a baby, but like a, like a, oh, like that kind of just like sort of sounds of uh, observation and curiosity. Um, and um, the mushroom that Empty has been holding, the one that grew off of the... Um, the fairy ring. Uh, I don't know how big it is. I don't know if the spell makes it bigger. Probably not. So I'm imagining just kind of like, probably a probably large mushroom, but like this big. Uh, sure. uh, it's alive now. It's a mushroom. <laughs> like, it talks? Yes, I have cast Awaken, which is a one of the spells in the Staff of the Woodlands. That's uh, amazing! It now uh, has an intelligence of 10. Oh my gosh. And it can speak <laughs> one language. What what language do you want it to be? I guess the um, if I'm the one casting the spell and I don't like really know how it works, I'm just like doing it. I'm like letting the magic of the staff come out. Uh, it would innately either be my you know uh, primary language, which would be common, or maybe it's druidic. Like I learned druidic um, from the the like residual magic of the staff and the experience of like. You know this, so it's either common or it's druidic. We I'm thinking because it's mostly this the staff that's doing it. It's mostly druidic, but you can understand sure. it. No one else yeah. can unless they I have, have that no spell. idea what druidic sounds like. There's no like any style guide for that. I, you <laughs> know, all of anything. Now, full disclosure: it's going to probably be one of these two things. I I kind of mm. now I don't want to do this to you because. But my first instinct says it's uh, it's probably Hey guys, wanna get high? Or <laughs> okay. I mean that's kind of how I described it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or go with the classic. I am Groot. Hmm. Could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's the first one. I mean, 
you can decide what they say, but uh, that, that's like totally. What I meant is like as a language, I don't know what it sounds like, right? Yeah. If you don't understand it, oh, like, I have no, no clue. What For you, it it's like. this yeah. weird. Uh, anyway, all right. For everybody I mean, else, yeah, it's this weird. Like, I think it's mostly just like, like just like sounds, right? Yeah, yeah I can only not speak that I think one sentence like that, in but, common, yeah. which is, and this is yeah. now this is my plot point. Even though I get those unlimited. <laughs> My plot point is the only <laughs> sentence it can say in common, other than just like, is, you want to yeah. get on? No, in you Russia, you make mushroom high. That's oh, true. Oh. No, uh, that's just my joke. The classic David return. Classic in Russia, you hallucinate a mushroom. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> all right well i think this is a good point so anyway, that happens you can react as appropriate yeah um, you guys hear this like weird thing and... and it's got little spindly yeah. arms and legs so it can move around mm-hmm. oh yeah no i did draw a little picture let's let's post that i didn't color it yet so it's just uh, i guess i'll just have it on the blank background Anyway, don't wait for this. This is going to yeah. take a second. But the so point anyway, being is that, uh, yeah, no, that happens. And I'm like, thing. oh, and I'm just sort of like, I, I think we kind of are like baby talking at each other. You know, like that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's um, fair. yeah. Um, and I'm just like, oh, how, how, how are you? Where are you? And I look at the staff and I look at them. Did you? Did Ashina send you? Oh. Hi. Part of me really wants great. to make this mushroom a baritone. Yeah. You go. I mean, you can do that. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fine. So anyway, while you're conversing with you the mushrooms over the there, language, that's what it's oh man, like. this Otherwise. makes me miss Dave. Um. Anyway, uh, I think this is a good spot for us to pause. I'm just going to end on uh, have a little break, and then we'll come back. But before we do, just going to one last little thing with Rook there. Um, Rook, uh, as you're all kind of about to leave camp, you look back over this. You know, you got that coin in your hand. Um. Parting thoughts? Or Talathar? He's, um, I think it'll be more like Talathar uh, than Rooks. I think Rook is is going to be kind of quiet and introspective, being finally free, and uh, might hold on to the coin uh, and not notice that the Onis is not there. But Talathar is just going to kind of... You'll, you'll glance at Torg and the others and look back at what just happened. And... Um, you know, as we go, he would just say, we did good back there. Could have scattered or fled. But we didn't. And we won. They won't forget that anytime soon. <laughs> and you guide your gagged and bound friend, dragging his heels up into the mountain pass. Mm-hmm and off to find that camp that Isold found earlier. All right, and with that, we're going to take ourselves a little 10-minute uh, break. Uh, internet, don't forget, you can always jump in and say, hey, uh, we are Psycho's Live. Jump back in a couple minutes. See you soon.
and the party took not a short burst, a long burst. Click that button. You must gather your you party, must gather your party before. before venturing forth. I don't want to hear Fort Bottom's game. Does anybody know what I'm doing? <laughs> all right, and we're back. Hey, Internet. Um, we're already around over here, but that's the way it goes. Uh, don't forget, we do take viewer suggestions. We also take uh, viewer suggestions for products. We will do a product placement in our show. I believe Steve is our general copywriter but we can you know subcontract if we want to um both darcy and timely are fantastic artists so check it out we often put that on the instagram also just a reminder click the the thing do that uh if you get the chance because hey why not and uh and we're back hey guess what everybody you finally got a night's rest you camped it was lovely uh if you take a look on roll 20 right now uh, you're on the camping site. Oh, that's the that's fight music. It's like I'm sleeping. Very energetic sleep. All right. So it's a beautiful <laughs> night. Uh, the the moon and the stars are up for most of the night. Um, you you get a long rest. Uh, I'm gonna get. Are you going to post watch? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah so seems you, appropriate. So you pair up for watches, you dole it out, um, and uh, actually, probably he doesn't sleep, so he's keeping watch. <laughs> nice, but you, people will still rotate in. Yeah, but Rook will always be one. Oh, that means Rook gets a bunch of time to like get to know each of you uh, around the campfire. Don't I don't know how watch. verbose. What Don't post watch. What could happen? <laughs> That's a good point there, Robert. Thanks for jumping in. Um, uh, just a viewer suggestions. We always love that. Uh, anyway, so Rook is up, and you all get a chance to at least share some space with him. Are you uh, quick? Let's go around the horn and and check in with see how people feel about sitting up in the middle of the night around a campfire with this guy who doesn't seem to move much. You can almost forget that he's even there. He certainly isn't breathing. Um, so uh, let's just go down the list real fast. Empty. What's something that comes up in conversation or is there a conversation when Empty Wisdom is up with Rook? That's a great question. She's kind of socially awkward in a lot of the times that we've seen her in scenes with their characters. Um, she's sort of warmed up to the rest of the, the party a little bit, but she's still sort of... I've only had a few conversations with all of these people because it hasn't actually been that long. D&D, &D, you know how that happens. Um, so even then, it's not much. And now there's a new person that she's not really aware of. Um, assuming she's on watch like alone like i don't know if we were splitting it up with more people or not. um and i realized that rook's there right but you know what i mean like mm -hmm. alone um um assuming that's the case yeah i think she she's holding again like the staff and this this like mushroom thing with little legs and arm nubs um but 
is very much keeping to herself. Like, she doesn't know how to initiate conversation, so she doesn't. Um, if Rook wants to, totally is an opportunity, totally is the idea of, like, she maybe looks like she wants to, but doesn't know, like, anything to say, or if she should. Um, so I think it's mostly just kind of, like, eyes looking so over, eyes looking back, like, muttering something to this, this, like, at one point, mushroom baby. At one point, the little mushroom taking this in with its weirdly observant little mushroom eyes, sprouts long legs that kind of almost like Adventure Time, kind of long legs uh, and limbs, kind of crawls down from your lap empty and goes walking over to Rook and puts one stubby little, uh, one spindly little growth that is an arm equivalent up on Rook's yeah. knee. And looks up at him and goes, Honey, <laughs> Rook, what do you say? Um, Rook just nods silently. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I did or what happened. And he uh -huh. just shrugs silently at empty he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't make a noise though he's actually trying to keep quiet and keep lookout for anything all right and empty retrieves their little uh little friend and uh the rest mm -hmm. of your watch passes without incident all right uh gex we had some interaction with you and, and rook but in that time is there anything else you feel you need to say to your long separated friend Yeah, I'm sure he'll sit down next to him and just kind of, you know, recount what actually happened between, well, first of all, try to figure out when the last time they actually did see each other was, and then just kind of fill him in. I on, think it was uh, the store. Yeah. that That's a long time. Like, that's season one. <laughs> yeah. So... It feels like a long time. So I'll fill him in on the the voyage, blowing up the ship. Uh, I'll maybe sing him half a verse of Teenage Sea Hag. I'm just a teenage sea hag, baby. He's like, I was working on it. I was working on it. Uh, you know, blowing up the ship. Landing, phase beast, T-Rex, <laughs> breaking Tillman's drum, fixing Tillman's drum, talking to dragons, murdering a doppelganger. Rook will fill him in as well, um, quietly, mostly using Ensign, uh, but also mention, like, uh, yes, the shop, um... And then also how he figured it out when um, they were they were getting off on on the island and and swimming and going down and it he felt like he was drowning but he knows he can't drown and that's when he figured it out and was able to escape and regroup with Calron and then go back on one more mission and to take out the brothers and retrieve the orb but ultimately 
only partially successful in kill by killing the brothers and then uh, being taken out by the Beholder and his its minions. He'll recount just briefly um, what it was like, uh, mentioning you know that there's a hunting ground and that he's been killed over and over again and resurrected and in his time has observed things. Hmm. Well, that sounds definitely like something that should not exist. The thing that probably jumps out at you the most about that is the fact that they are using clerics with the crystals embedded um, and using them to bring back, uh, basically bring back or do whatever they need to. And the, many of them are imprisoned in the same uh, cells that Rook had been imprisoned in. And then, uh, you know, Rook will mention how it's now seems all linked back to the artifact. And then even the star, the crystal star at the gauntlet. Mm. In some ways, yeah, our, our, luck, our luck has been the opposite in some ways. I definitely don't feel good about leaving but leaving something like that allowing it to continue you want to go dismantle that whole thing and set all those people free we'll go do it and make a sign no thanks sounds good who's who's the tag along well, they have kind of, we have kind of gathered a bit of a, a, bit of a crew. It's almost, it's kind of just an extension of the way the few of us got together when when you when we reconnected uh, initially back in Taz Farrell. Is old there was uh, a mate on the bullship, um, who ended up. I just kind of took her under my wing. Uh, you already know Hilda. Um, and the rest of them, we just kind of uh, connected up one by one through in, in various situations, you know, tavern ball, you end up on the same side, uh, ambushed by monsters in the woods, you end up on the same side and, Kind of organic, I suppose. All right. So as you're bringing each other up to speed, um, reconnecting, and you fall back, and it's it's like seeing an old friend. There's the awkward kind of seeing the old friend. You're like, eh. Or there's the kind where you pick up the conversation almost without a, without a hitch. And uh, it seems like you're more... The ladder. All right. And that's your watch. Um, Hilda? Mm -hmm. You I want to um, tell us what you got okay. up to with uh, with Rook there and then in the in your oh, during your watch? Uh, I guess 
anything that Gex hasn't really already covered. I mean, certainly everything seems to be a blur. I remember Polaris and the death of Polaris. <laughs> of Paul, of all reside. Uh, but most of all, I am probably more curious to hearing more about the warning we got from a good friend. I mean, I, I think Brooke would kind of relate a lot of the, not all the information that he mentioned to Gex, but enough to kind of the broad strokes that like, um, you know, just just like with the, the the importance of the crystal that at the gauntlet, because he remembers Hilda being there in the competition, and that we need to find yeah. a way to finish this, and that mm -hmm. um, going by sea may not be a safe route anymore. Okay. All just right. like we can't contact him anymore. We can't contact Dave anymore. Hope he's okay. Rook, Rook will nod, but um, he also kind of shrugs because he he hasn't seen Tillman in a very long time, and um, you know, happy to get the warning, but doesn't really know how he'd be able to help Tillman in this situation. He thinks like the best way to help him is to finish this, and that the, that means the quickest way back. Especially if the beholder's injured. It was pretty messed up when you saw it last. Alright. Bella. Sorry, Isolt. So when she gets up for her watch and sees Rick there, she's just gonna kinda... Look at him. Sit down and just kind of be, you know, playing with something small in her hand. And eventually she'll be like, so. You going to try to kill me too? Because <laughs> somebody who looked like you already tried to kill me. How do I know you are you? Because if I tried to kill you, you'd be dead. Ooh. And at that, she'll kind of grab her weapon. Not too sure. <laughs> she doesn't trust or like him. Like, yeah. Her jealousy is so raging green. Yeah, she's acting her age right now. That's an awkward watch. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. She's just going to kind of shift over a little bit and not be next to him. <laughs> I'm only here because of the fire. All right. <laughs> Elias. Relationships. Still not... There. It's it's now <laughs> that really dark time, uh, a couple hours before dawn. Um, Isil goes off and wakes Elias 
further watch. Elias, um, what do you get up to, you and Rook? So he's gonna just go outside with his stuff. He has a bottle of hair dye, so he's gonna do that. Um, and just kind of look at Rook and his just like, yeah, excuse my, my bluntness, but clearly you know everyone here, or at least some of them. So, like, who are you? I'm going to get you, um, I'm going to say that as you're doing this, you are pouring the dye, you're, you get it in the veins and the cracks of your hand and you look down at your hand and um i'm gonna get you to roll an arcana check okay 18 again um well how do you respond rook i'd kind of kind of quietly look at elias and I'll, and I'll just say Gex, Hilda, and I are in the same crew. We just got separated. And a doppelganger took my place. Doppelganger's dead. And so are his brothers. And now I'm here. Do you know anything about what went on, who the beholder is, or? He is secretly the leader of the Inquisition. And he must be killed. Elias, you look Got at the it. palm of your hand and the, the stain, the ink, has been seeping into little cracks, making feather-like or... um leaf-like patterns in your skin and you begin to see shapes you begin to see patterns and they begin to shift until they form a very clear picture of an eye done in what color ink? black in black in your palm and it blinks And then it pulls back and you can see that it's one of many eyes on the side of this beholder looking in he's many gonna, directions. And he's going to shake his head. Yeah, you shake your head. And the last thing you saw was this beholder delving, searching for something. It's wounded. And you can hear in the back of your mind on the on, on the wind. Where is it? Where? <laughs> Dangerous. But so are they. Eli's not having this. Not the day after his grandma died. Um, I'm gonna pull out the crystal that I took from empty, and I'm gonna cast scrying on it to try and find this thing. All right then. I'm gonna need. Oh, I need to do some. Um, oh, hold on. I gotta switch these back. Oh no, momento. Uh, 
Okay, so I believe that's saving throws. Uh, okay. It is a new day if you, you have any... You've had your long rest if there's anything you want to do. Um, you focus on this crystal and the image still, even though it's not active anymore, you can still see the rough, crude shape that your mind had interpreted as an eyeball etched in ink in your palm. And you can, you can sense a strong connection there and use that and this crystal that had been pulled away. Now this crystal, it belonged to one creature, but it was used on another. Which being do you want to try to track down? He's hoping that since he's assuming that the Beholder put it in the Reaper's forehead, so he's going to try and follow that track. Okay. The creature that had long worn it and had it embedded is closer, far enough away right now and moving fast away. You get that for free. But you follow the other scent deep underground. Your mind just through passages and such a blur that it's almost impossible to keep track. You see stone. You see not rough. It's actually it's pretty well made. Uh, like underground, no windows, torches and sconces. You see some soldiers walking around. They're wearing the the kind of white and gray robes of the Inquisition. Past one hall down another you see you see a creature made of bone eyes a long snout you flash past that you see you see a priest or a cleric or something a red jewel embedded in their, their forehead and you see next to them another man wearing very fine clothes, contrasting almost totally. The the caster, the priest or cleric, tattered robes, worn, gaunt. And you can see this other person wearing quite fine furs, white and gray speckled, showing station. You see them standing and speaking into the dark. We will be ready, my master. They won't get far. Do not underestimate them. I will not make that mistake again. The voice calls out in the darkness. You can see something shifting. It's the beholder. You can see an eye stalk. You see it turn a little. It's looking in a room down a tunnel. It the 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 wall of this smooth cave is or the smooth um, stone has actually been pulled up open, revealing rough hewn cracks, just barely big enough for this beholder to have squeezed through. 
It's down below in a chamber, shifting through. It's looking for something. You can hear stuff being tossed around. Um, you see this, this lord, this person wearing uh, the fine vestments, nod it with deference and, and turn. And they pull on part of the wall and it slides. And as the door is just closing, it, it calls out into the darkness. It shall be done, my lord. We'll be ready. Okay. Okay, so I'm just like relaying all of that to Ruck as I'm seeing it. Just kind of like dictate yeah, basically dictating what I'm seeing. I'm gonna say if you want and- to, you can not bring him along, but like you have to use your scrying ball that you've got from the so he could actually peer into this with you and see this as Okay, well. cool. Okay. Yeah, and and I'm gonna ask him like any of this seem familiar? Does the person like do, do I recognize the Lord? Like is that Portable? You don't recognize the Lord. You do recognize the caster who's with him. Um and the Lord definitely has their their veined control crystal. Um but the uh the the caster has the corruption shard, the red shard embedded in their yeah. forehead. You recognize that person. You didn't talk to them, but you saw them in the in the cells with you over those weeks. Okay. Um, you don't actually recognize these particular hallways. Uh, they seem to be a slightly different set of hallways than the... Oh, wait a minute. No, they are. Sorry, my mistake. Wreck on that. Let me take that back for a second. You do recognize these hallways um, as some of the ones you've walked down, but you didn't notice that particular door before. Um in the wall there, it seems to be some kind of secret passage to a, a chamber beneath that the, the beholder take, is in. I'll take note of that secret door um, and opening and closing of it. W- the hallways, where do I recognize it from? It- um, it's actually just, you remember where you were in a cell, and then you remember the chamber leading to where the the teleportation ritual had or uh, spell had been cast. It's actually okay. just past that. Um, okay. you, you remember part of that hallway in part because you were dragged at one point after you were resurrected down that particular hallway by several of these guard types, uh, inquisitor types, and you were held down on a chamber and a very large, uh, being, which you now recognize as the Oni, had you held down on a, on a, uh, sort of an altar on a stone table there as they tried to press one of these red corruption shards into your forehead uh, in a ritual, but the ritual wouldn't take, so the shards just kept pressing into your forehead and then piercing the skin but not digging deep, and they would shatter. Um, There's something about people who don't have an innate connection to spellcasting that makes it very difficult um, to control them. Monsters, not so much. Certain monsters can definitely uh, have that effect. 
and be controlled by these corruption shards. But uh, human, like humans and and uh, elves and things, it seems the guards don't seem to have it. Um, you've never seen like a, a martial character who's successfully been implanted with one of these corruption shards. It seems like uh, in that room they were frustrated when they tried to um, take you, but unfortunately for them, it didn't take effect and it wouldn't sink in. So you ended up with a nasty headache and uh, uh, and were beatly, brutally beaten, beatily brutal, and uh, uh, and then you were thrown back in your cell. So you recognize this as the hallway that was going over towards that altar. Okay. I'll take note of that. Okay. All right, Brandon. Uh, is there anything Elias wants to do? You've had your, your vision. You have a pretty good idea of where this is. It's down in the tunnels beneath um, a certain section of a city. I don't know. If, have you ever spent time in Tazvrel? Your character? I was Different. just here visiting Granny. No, this is that on was... the off oh. the island. This is on oh. the mainland. If you uh, wanted to, it's it's I... the, one of the biggest cities in the area. A particular connection, if you want to dovetail, it could be from that town. It might not. It's up to you. Uh, I would say maybe as a child, not recent, any time recent. Okay, so you know yeah. it is in Tazrael, somewhere underneath, but you don't have specifics. But Rook, you know pretty well where this is. All right. And last but not least, um, Balin, do you want to have any interactions with uh, with this newcomer, I'm Rook? Sure. So first is just a piece of like description. When Rook showed up, he was, I assume, kind of dressed in like prison outfit, right? Yeah, tattered. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then um, and I kind of provide that armor and weapons off the dead bodies. Okay. Okay. Because I was gonna say before we buried the the Naga's body, I might have used my last thing of fabricate to maybe try to like make him some armor or something. Nice. You could actually take the ill-fitting armor and turn it into something. Uh, what? Out of curiosity, because I want to be kind about this, because I keep throwing your character for a loop. Uh, Rook, did it, Rook have any fancy armor or any equipment that is worthy of note? Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a plus one short bow and a plus one studded leather armor. I'm going to say that with a little bit of work, uh, because you've got a master dwarven fabricator over there, you could pretty quickly, between what the... Um, what the Mage Tower people were carrying, what Hudrick himself had a magical weapon on him, you could reform that into what Rook would like. Okay. Because that that's something I like to do. I'd, I'd, I would kind of just assume the way they showed up together, you know, they've both been in prison together, maybe, you know, Rook knows a little bit about what went on with Toreg, um, what he's suffering from, and uh, maybe even, you know, help keep him safe or sane in that experience so i kind of want to you know give him a gift of armor or something like that if, like you know you kept my 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 kin safe you know here's something to keep you safe um and yeah so he'd, he'd sit down next to him and uh yeah make that offer and 
and and ask them the question yeah it's i if you don't want to talk about it i understand but i'd uh, you know torg's my my cousin and i'd i'd just like to know anything i could about what he's what he's gone through what what you might know about the implantation of that gem if it's even safe for us to remove it because before he gagged him he did ask me to uh to kill him and uh well that's not something i want to do if if he is incurable unfortunately i i i feel like i'd have to honor that request but i'd like to do everything i can to, to heal him first he's gone through a lot of torment He's been enslaved by the Beholder through that gem. I've seen it dispelled before on another with the dispel magic. Okay. That can nullify the gem when it was done. He is the key for, for us to get back quickly. If we can release him that he can create a teleportation circle likely to a familiar place and get us back safe and sound. If it doesn't work for some reason, you or the other wizard must learn that spell. Get us out of here. Well, that's good to know. If just a little bit more rest, I should have my energy back. I should be able to, uh, to pull it a spell uh, and, and see if that works. So, um, just so you know, it is I, coming up on dawn. You have the benefit of a long rest already. And you can okay. pick whatever spells you like. Whatever ones you know. Okay. Alright, I'll definitely do that then. Um, I uh, I noticed uh, Torig had a, a, a spell book on him. That's uh, that's an uncommon thing for my people, as, as you can see. And again, I can pull off my gauntlet. To, uh, we usually inscribe our magic onto our skin uh, through tattoos. Uh, the fact that he was using a spell book is is quite concerning to me. I know he he you know fell in a bit with some uh, uh, you know he's he's got a bit of a reputation in the clan as a guy who gets himself in dangerous situations, you know likes to uh, you know look outside of the uh, you know what's accepted for for knowledge and power. Um, if if I could study the book, perhaps I I might be able to learn more about what he was into. I mean, I think you should ask him. If you're able to release him, then it's his book to share, not mine. Oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right. The sun comes up. Everybody rouses. Make some food. The day is yours. So I'm going to wait for everybody to be about their wits before I kind of just go over to Talithar and Rook. I'm like, all right, well, and Balin, I'm like, I guess it's showtime if you want to do this. And he pulls out his spell book to cast his spell magic. Um, Rook, in your ear, it's like this face. You're sitting there and... Uh, in profile, this face of your young... She's, it's funny because your friends never age, but even though you're... You feel like you're older, and, and they seem even younger than you somehow, but her face of cat kind of leans in over your shoulder, just whispering. And uh, as the mages prepare and gather up and 
kind of get uh, Talithar gets Torig down and kind of rouses him, gives him a, something to drink through the gag, um, and then uh, gets ready to cast this. Cat whispers over your shoulder. You didn't sleep, but sometimes you stare and lose time. Beneath the caves, in, in the prisons, I noticed those who were freshly crystalled were healthy, hale for a time. But the longer it's in, the more it drains, the more it takes. And the harder it is. It's been in that dwarf a long time. Okay. Um, Rook will, will mumble back. So if anyone is like nearby to hear him, he'll mumble to something to no one in particular. We'll give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, give him a clean end. All right. Who's casting Dispel Magic? I feel like if anything goes wrong, I kind of want it to be on my hands. So I would, I would be kind of insistent about trying first. That's you can both try together if you want. I mean, if that's a thing we can do, I'd absolutely want some assistance. Because yeah, I don't. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you I'm what. I'm not sure what kind of magic we're dealing do with it. here. I don't know what Torg has gotten into. Let's do this as uh, an Arcana check. And you can either each roll, or one of you can roll with advantage. And the other person aiding using the spell slot, though. I'm gonna just go ahead and use the portent. <laughs> I just got a nat uh, 20 on my own. Okay, camera, so. damn it. Well, Elias, you you begin casting and your mind kind of drifts for a second and you o almost hear on the wind a voice be like, pay attention, boy. And it's just this really quick flashback to what your grandma would do. Like, and your knuckle hurts briefly for a second and you slot in that portent dice and boom. So what did you get with the portent dice, Elias? It was 18. Nice. That's pretty good. All right. And Balin with the nat 20 when it matters most. Okay. Um, I think it's only fair that Talithar would officially roll this. Um, well, the crystal, the magic is now just vibrating and holding Torig up and even lifts him slightly off the ground, the power of both mages casting this. And the crystal in his forehead begins to vibrate and just move almost a couple of, like, oh, basically an inch out of the forehead and it is embedded. It is deep. It seems like it's been almost growing as it's been in there. Um, and so you, you've now pulled it out magically a little bit, and it's ready to be grasped. Who's going to do the official removal? Uh, I think Talitha will do it. Okay. 
the dwarf, cool. uh, your old friend, looking haggard, uh, mechanically at four points of exhaustion. Um, and quite a lot of damage. It hasn't seemed to heal with rest. And uh, he's probably didn't get much but, rest. Yeah, br- like biting on the gag, just almost chewing through it. Not in an. And you can just. He locks eyes with Talithar. And he looks up at him, and his tears pouring down his face. And he's like. Talithar's going to give her. All right. Talithar, please roll. You might want to do this on roll 20. I'm going to need you to roll 20d10. On roll 20. 20d. Okay, I'm going to roll this. I've got uh, I've got dice. Twenty yeah. d twenty. Sure, you can do ten d twenty if you prefer. I will do twenty d ten. Let's do this. Uh, someone, someone, write this down. A nine, a three, a oh, seven. We're doing this old school. A five. That's four. A six. That's five. An eight. A one. A nine, an eight, a five. I think that's halfway. A six, a six, a four, another six, a nine, and then a ten, a one, another ten, an eight, and another eight. All right. Add them up. Oh, God. I I didn't write it down. I got it. I'm just going to take a second to... I didn't add pluses between all these. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure actually adding it up is going to be faster than what I'm doing here. (laughs) How much? Hundred and twenty-nine. That that sounds about right. I'm just doing it here too, just to be on the safe side. Yeah, well, fact check this. <laughs> yep, one twenty-nine. All right. Weird. I got one seventeen. Oh, the last eight's not in there. I messed uh, up. Okay. So, because you cast dispel magic. What is half of that? Half of 130? 64? 64 rounded down. 64. I don't know. (laughs) Torig, like, when he's just just pulling and there's a sickening... As this crystal comes out, it is almost like six inches long, 
and has been pulled uh-huh. out of his forehead and the body just jerks and blood just pouring down this door. His beard is soaked in blood and he, his eyes roll back in his head and his legs start to twitch. Uh, Alpha's gonna pull. Pardon? Talithar is going to try to heal him for full. Okay. How many hit points is that? 50. I would be shouting for Hilda. Now's your chance to prove your father wrong. You are always a great doctor. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in here. <laughs> Cure wounds? Um, Let's go. There is a brief time. Well, Hilda, you drop a cure wounds into him, yeah? yeah? I'm going to get you to roll an yeah. initiative roll just to see how fast this can land. <laughs> yeah. Because the empty, like, watching this threat has been very quiet. Ooh, that's like, a... What's going to happen? And, that's a four. Yeah. Okay. No, my legs right. are so short. I, so there's a I'm moment. So... Yeah, there's a moment where the spike comes out and Telthor just drops it and then sees that they're friend is busy dying um and there's like oh and he's gonna slap him on the forehead with the lay on hands but there's a moment there a pass i'm gonna need somebody to roll um roll a d10 or a d20 sorry anyway you want high or low someone roll it you want high you want high don't look at me. Like oh, quick question. If you're this exhausted like, uh, and ability scores it. are at disadvantage, does death save go at disadvantage? It's not an ability score. Okay. It's not just any checking. test. It's just a roll, yeah. Okay. Or maybe, am I wrong? I might be wrong about that now that I think about it. So you can spend like in, in inspiration to get advantage, but anything else would doesn't count normally. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it shouldn't have disadvantage. All right. Sorry, someone rolling or am I rolling or who? Oh, who rolled the yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Rolled, rolled just run running in there, trying to get in there in time. Um, rolled a twelve. It's a tough dwarf. Your cousin is tw- is a tough. He come from good stock. Um, even though he's dying, he holds on that little bit and just boom! This like flash of like almost like he caught the dawn glint but it's the wrong direction as Talithar just right on the forehead just palms him and the flash of brilliant light and Hilda runs in there a few seconds later thumping in with a bunch more HP dumping into this poor riddled dwarf um, he was at uh, he was at uh, down by about thir- uh, 20 something hit points so not quite instant death I'm glad you guys cast that dispel magic because that would have been insta death um but in this case you managed to save him and he's (gasps) he has a wicked crater in the middle of his forehead and will till his dying day um it is a severely fractured skull you can see brain matter like it is bad but you can see it begins to scab over from all this healing magic and there's a, a he's not bleeding anymore he's stable he's alive with apparently with 40 uh hilda did you drop healing into him too or yeah how much Let's see how 
Right there. Some Nineteen points. Nice. So he's almost at he's almost at full health again. Uh, he's at sixty or so. Yep. Uh, and uh, so he's down a little bit, but not too bad. And there's finally color coming back into his skin. He's been so pale and sickly, and so now he's back. Yeah. We're gonna ungag him. You stubborn son of a bitch. You should have killed me when you had that chance. Thank you. I wasn't gonna let you go out like that. It's been years, Torig. It's good to see you. Aye. It's good to see you, too. Let's just hope that you don't wish you were dead by the end of this. <laughs> Does anybody have a drink? Because I have a headache. I think uh, water or stronger water. stuff. Tal thought I was gonna give him a skin of a drink, kind of jovially. Torek, did you see? Did you see? I, I kicked that holder's ass. I saw. Ran away like a scared little little pansy. Oh, I was cheering for you right before I tried to slit your throat. Yeah, yeah, that that too. Sorry about that. I killed a lot of good people. Yeah, they did the right thing in the end. But it wasn't I... you. Yeah. Alright, well. Let's go kill that fucking boulder then. Are we doing this now then? Uh, I think like Talfar is like about to say yes and says, wait a minute, we have another passenger what that we mean? need to get. Uh, you know our mission? I it got get up the crystal yeah. to, the, to the dragons. Yeah, it got updated. We need to get, we need to escort. And yeah, he, Talfar will point to uh, Gex and the others and say, uh, Gex and Hilda and uh, Isolde and say, they, they actually made it there first. Missions changed to escort their their emissary back. Huh. And all that time, all the, the other teams were the dummy orbs. Turns out it was us. <laughs> Makes uh -huh. sense. They were watching us. They still are watching you, Tal. They have these creatures, the, the Reapers. They got more than one. Big bastards. Some of the monsters, they uh, control other monsters, willingly sign up. It's... I'll tell you on the way. We, uh... I guess the main question is... Do you want to go back? and get you the mage tower right quick. Or... They gave me their circle. I can get us right in. I can take us right to him. Talithar paused that because he hoped that, but wasn't sure. And kind of turns the others. What do you guys think? 
So you're saying you can jump us right, right to the right, right to who? Into the you, lair. You can teleport us right back to the teleportation circle. Where you left, Rook. There. Yeah, Rook is looking at him like and 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 kind of uh, quiet, but. He, you know, he'll speak up and say, right back into the heart, the belly of the lair. Deep down underneath the undertow there. The tunnels so, go for miles. We can find our way in from the outside as well. Probably. It's a bit of a maze, but... Yeah, deep underneath the, the abandoned part of the city. Past all their defenses. Well, How long does it take for you to cast this? Maybe a minute. They know, they will know that the link is broken. So if we do this, we have to go basically now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you can do surprise, here I am, then why not do that? Works so well when we were saving grandma. So well. <laughs> yeah. And how many do they have someone else that can cast it for them? Aye. The teleportation circle? They've got a lot of mages. Some of them I know, some I don't. Some I don't. I think they might have somebody I haven't seen. Or, or maybe the beholder can make it. The scrolls that are doling out. That's the kind of magic I can't even do myself. So they got somebody big on there. But they're uh, holed up underneath. And that beholder's digging in the dirt looking for something beneath in the ruins below. They're sending someone after us. Um, is there any way we could time it so that as soon as they come after us, we go after them? Let's couple less people to deal with I mean if you know when they're gonna come but it takes me a minute to cast a spell so like you'd need to know a minute in advance I can't I can do a lot of things but I can't tell the future well maybe you don't have <laughs> the future maybe we just make it known where we are and plan on just having to hold those guys off for one minute before we teleport back and kill the beholder. But we could be waiting a while. And meanwhile, the beholder may. That's true. Like we could be waiting days for an attack. By the way, I'm yeah. assuming everybody else has basically kept packed up the camp and you're walking now back towards, um, um, uh, which, which destination in the city, the, uh, smugglers den, your ship. Well, we gotta go, we gotta go pick up Thin Lizzy, so let's go get you know. Yeah, <laughs> All right, let's say you're walking there. It's it's about half an hour, or so you're walking and talking. Talking, walking. As long oh. as yeah. I'm, uh, I'm okay with going right in. But as I just need to make sure that um, I get this coffin somewhere first. On this, you guys need to rush into this now, but... No. 
I'm happy to help. And Balin, I'm going to get you to roll um, something you're trained in. Arcana, probably, but it could be something else. This is for your fabricate. See how nice a coffin you made her. I'm, and you took your time. You had some pretty good materials. Cool. Uh, I also get to add double my proficiency to that too, because I'm I got that specialization. So that means I should have a twenty-six in total. This is a beautiful. You have seamlessly merged stonework and woodwork in a way that no regular craftsperson could do. This is a work of art that you have made for Eliza's grandmother. She will be in a coffin fit for a queen. As you come around the corner, you see the smuggling den. You get through the uh, entryway with a couple of quick hand flashes of uh, thieves' cant. Um, you make your way down towards the dock. The lizard, the lizard folk, Lesrin, comes running down the dock. There you are. Good to see you. Um, you see Jimmy. You see Derek waving from the ship. It looks ready, manned, ready to push off. Um, you get the coffin stowed safely on board the ship. Um, Jimmy asks, Well, where would you like it? Elias, where do you need it? We can get it anywhere. I'm just going right. to... Uh, I go up and I whisper him... Oh, actually, no. He's going to pull, go into his bag and pull out like his signet ring and just kind of flash it to him. I'm like, yeah, there. Uh, Jimmy recognizes it, his eyes kind of going wide. <laughs> Sorry, that's really funny. And turns around and turns to Derek. He's like, "Oh, it's okay. We'll get paid." <laughs> and uh, Lestrin is ready, and uh, you are standing on the dock, ready. You can see at the end of the dock, just before uh, you're all pretty much. This is all within the, the like twenty minutes later. Um, yeah. And the you see the governor and a couple of guards come walking along. You can see them kind of silhouetted against the dock. Uh, and you're out by the ship and you're looking at each other, trying to decide when and where you're going to go. And with that, I think we're going to end for the night. Sounds good. All right. I wasn't sure where tonight was going to go. That was that was fun. Uh, I do need an episode name, so if any of you have a suggestion, uh, internet, if you have suggestions, we listen to that, those as well. Uh, we never did get a product, so if you got any product ideas too, we can do placement. Product placement! Mmm, yummy lurch! <laughs> That's empty. Uh, name suggestion-wise, suggestion I think the funniest thing that was said, uh, Steve wrote in the Roll20 chat, it's the uncorking of a dwarf. Like, uncorking the dwarf is really funny. <laughs> like... that, that was one thing. The other thing was something Matt said at the beginning. Oh, I, I could have saved her, but I just forgot. 
<laughs> Look, we don't like appreciate how hectic combat is. Oh, Bella's Bella, we can't hear you. Yeah, you're on mute. She's been talking this whole time. Sorry. Yeah. Now she's laughing silently. And it's a mime show. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll hear more from her in a few minutes. Uh, uncorking the dwarf is pretty damn good. Thanks very much, Sorry. Internet. I was just going to say that uh, in, in Balan's defense to what Gord said, um, or I, I don't know if it was Gord or Steve, I can't remember, because then you said I couldn't hear you. But uh, it's not that he forgot. I think it was that he was too busy, mm. distracted yeah. by everything. There's a that lot going on. I heard, heard the reaction, so, but, but yeah, you have know, flying I heard trees, all that, you know. <laughs> I, I, I heard that, oh, I forgot I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was out of, I was trying to make oh, him God. feel better. Right, so yeah, I, I, did, I forgot about that. Sometimes the moment yeah. just passes you by and you're like, damn it, I could have counterspelled that. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's kind of hard, right? Because like you do it after you've like already been like they cast this spell, and it's like seems a little meta gaming. I didn't know what spell they were going to cast before I cast counter spell. Like it's just it's it's a weird spell, honestly. Nah. Counter spell? Nah. You should ban it's like them. that in shield. Ban counter spell. Like, no. I like it. It's a reaction to just be like, no, you don't. Yeah. Just, it's it's, it's the exploded ramen or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just expel a ramen. No, that was you know what I mean, right? Like, if you always like they are about to cast a spell, do you counter spell like every time? That would be ridiculous. But also, yeah. you don't know what spell they're casting until it's done. Yeah. You could make an Arcana check to know. Like spellcraft used to be like totally yeah. a thing in D and D, and it's not in Fifth Edition. Anyway, thing is, this isn't important. <laughs> I, I think of it kind of like it's like. When you're doing an attack, it's never just one yeah. hit. It's like you're parrying, you're jockeying for position. Oh, sure. It takes yes. six I seconds. I think that's an important so like, thing to think about. Yeah. There's going to be a, a back and forth. It's the it's the hit that lands that matters. Right. And I feel like, like spellcasting is the same. Spellcasting usually. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do feel it's kind of like somebody powering something up, and they're like, oh no, you sure. Don't. But like, what was it? Do you know yeah. what it is before they cast it? Make an that's Arcana right. check, right? Okay, well, now you know what it is. Would you counterspell it, right? Like, that's way too many so you don't bother, but it's yeah. an interesting, weird, like, it's already happened. Do you want to go back five seconds and have it not have happened? That's right? what makes like, portent interesting, because you have to decide, yeah. am I going to yeah, yeah. drop this or not? No, it's a great, if you have the dice roll for it, it's a great thing to have. It either works or doesn't work, but... Well, I did love you alluding to the idea of like, oh, we could do this thing or we, we, we show up there and then have this really well time thing. If I could only see the future, like it's a really good just, oh, yeah, there's a good reason to have a divination wizard here. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Good, I mean, good tie in there, Todd. <laughs> augury or divination. That, that's the thing. Yeah. But anyway. That's good. All right. We've uncorked the dwarf. Let's uh, Let's finish it off before it's too late. Thanks very there much, was, everybody. Uh, dwarf, wine. dwarf wine in terms of blood. <laughs> oh, dwarf blood wine. 
Dwarf That's brains, real. Dude. That's a real thing. Just ask Balin. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thanks, everybody. Iron is the reading. It's We're going to say Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Come back on Tuesday. If this is your first time, please hit the button and uh, give us give us some love there. And uh, we'll see you next week. I think next week is, well, we'll talk about it, but I think it's, I'm leaning towards D&D. Maybe we can, maybe we can kick this in the Oni. <laughs> that is also a possible. I, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> if, yeah, anyway, bye. A little while later, on the deck of a ship, a little tiny mushroom man crawls over, sipping, pulling on a cloak soaked in blood, crawling up about halfway, just tasting the side of the, of the cloak. The rough-looking dwarf with the small divot in it, or large divot in his forehead, kind of bats the mushroom off. He tumbles to the ground. The mushroom sits up, disappointed. The dwarf walks away, and the mushroom calls after it. Hi. Hi. Oh, you are. Come here. Let's get you back into the shade. Nice. Leaves, so get in the shade.